The secret of New York's pizza is not what you think. It's not floor, spices, or even know-how. It's water. We've got New York tap water, the champagne of tap waters. But New York's water is not the only one in the world to be unique. They genuinely all are. To define water, we rely on a set of physical chemical parameters, and it's a potent way to prove it's harmless, if not simply healthy. Yet it forgets a key component, taste. Let's face it, we all have our favorite water, and that's nothing new. Even ancient Romans had dedicated water for each use. So how can we bring back that forgotten knowledge in our modern lives? How can we find the best match between what we drink and our moods, needs, wants, or simply what we eat? Can we make drinking water fun? Let's hydrate the imagination with the world-famous and truly unique water sommelier, Milin Patel. My name's Milin, a water consultant and kind of branded as a water sommelier. Hi Milin, good to finally have you on the microphone. We crossed paths several times. Massively, yes, and I'm a huge fan and it's a nice honor to be on this mic. Thank you for letting me sit on the red couch. Actually, I'm super curious to get to the roots of why and when you wanted to start it to hydrate the imagination. I moved out to California when I was 12. So leaving London, the area of London got the River Thames, the River Mole, the Ember, all of the large reservoir storage. I've always had that affinity to water. At the age of 12, moved to California, very different to London. There's all signs about water conservation. So I spent about two years there and then moved to Florida. Got to work on the Everglades, the phosphorus release, etc. Um, at high school and I was just absolutely fascinated from London to California to Florida the way water was managed and the types of environments and the issues and um, from that it was like this is what I want to do as a living in some way so moved back to the UK did university at Queen Mary's with environmental science but it was very difficult to find a course which focused on water so I was hopping between chemistry biology geography just to get my fix. Environmental studies was the way and then I've done a little bit, a couple of modules with Cranfield University with Dr. Peter Jarvis, who's an absolute legend. Love the guy. That's my sort of backstory. The hydrate the imagination and I'm sure you can relate to this. So when you first start out in the water treatment world, you have your on-the-go water test kit if you're doing high pressure steam boilers, cooling towers, closed looms, whatever it was. And we also used to measure TDS, conductivity, pH. I'd always had an affinity of learning about water in the source. And then one day they would have the TDS measurement on a, say, a natural source water, or you look at the Thames water report and it would have conductivity TDS. And I thought to myself, well, I'm always measuring it, putting it on my reports and how we can save water and, you know, the bleed cycles, whatever it was. And I was like, I wonder what TDS tastes like. <laughs> what we're going to be doing is tasting a range of waters and creating vocabulary on how to describe the taste of water. And we're going to be tasting the number one water in our lives of our planet, tap water. We have some New York tap water, the champagne of tap waters. And unfortunately, we have run out of London tap water from my home. I shouldn't have told the guests that the king and queen drink the same water. Very popular, but there is a water shortage of London tap water here in New York, unfortunately, but it goes to show the shortage of water. Will water take you back to your grandmother's house to a vacation? The mouthfeel. Feel free to create vocabulary. The next water we're going to graduate to is 100% recycled water from Singapore. This definitely is the future of using water technologies to take wastewater to create beautiful possible drinking water with a nice remineralization process. Wayne, you're smiling. I like that smile. It kind of started from that of just 
then looking at the waters, the mineral content of them, high TDS, low TDS, and then just allowing the sensory element. A lot of people laughed first, what the hell is just water? But I kind of enjoyed it, just continued to do this. And then it kind of hit me that we have a beautiful vocabulary globally, tea, coffee, gin, whiskey, wine, where we elevate the value, communicate it in any language in the world, but we don't have it for water. So as you can see there, we have an aquatastology ball. Aristotle 3000 BCE said, water per se is just a carrier of flavor. But it's 2023 and we're gonna debate Aristotle's judgment of water just as a carrier flavor. So the mission is to create the world's first dictionary water and how to describe it there is no right or wrong just allow your mind the senses I mean, it's not just taste but mouthfeel as well can we write silky yeah yeah of course oh, silky i like that the nuances it might not be immediately but just mindfulness texture taste there is a difference yeah and how would you describe that difference feel free there's no right or wrong wow on the board sir on the board relaxing love it rich on the board, sir. Oh, wow, on the board, ravishing. I love the smile. <laughs> I love that. It's suspicious. You're on a roll, my friend. It's that vocabulary of, hey, this water from Australia with a TDS of 1200 creamy notes. We can describe what you're drinking, then it's just water. Wake up, cool, crazy. Gotta go on the board, no doubt. So botanical. <laughs> can we get botanical on the cord? the vocabulary. I just started to do little gigs out of my own time, started to, to do little educational pieces in schools with uh, children all the way up to I did a gig with Suez at the headquarters and every time I did it everyone was like oh wow this makes sense and it's a case of like for generations we've never been encouraged to taste water and describe it. Indigenous people yes but that knowledge has been completely lost. It's just a case of one, elevating the importance, two, creating that vocabulary, three, having some fun with it. And it's been amazing that the last couple of years being able to connect with some amazing people. I have parents emailing saying, what have you done with my children? They're not intrigued with the fizzy drinks. They want to learn about water, the backstories, the mythical legends of the springs, the taste, the mineral content. What I find is where their palates haven't been manipulated by strong drinks, vocabulary and um, I remember I did a gig just recently at a school and I remember seeing the teachers at the back of the hall where I was presented just looking at each other thinking wow the vocabulary the kids are using this to describe different regions of tap waters etc and um, for me what I do it all reels back to tap water to have that conversation of what water should be like and we have a lot of large brands that create a certain style of water mm -hmm. And what I find is that people associate that taste of water as wholesome water. Water should have taste. If it doesn't, it's dead. And what I find is that where people all around the world are drinking this style of water, packaged waters, you introduce a natural water or a different style of water with a different mineral content, the immediate is, I can't drink that. That doesn't taste right. <laughs> so um, I'm sure in France, you have a beautiful drinking water culture. Chateau d'Homme, Bladois, it's taking that also and then pairing it like you would with wines some certain waters with certain tds magnesium calcium chlorides which work really well with vegetables or meats or fish looking at the carbonation levels what you can do with that high level of bicarbonate is if you're eating spicy dishes a perfect water to help neutralize with this water you can create vichy carrots of cooking carrots in this water boiling it up and the minerals soak into the carrots 
to extract huge amount of sweetness and all you need is a little bit of butter or dark chocolate in this water. The salt, saltiness and the dark chocolate together. You can pair this with oysters, works pretty well. Red meats, barbecued meats, works and vegetables. And um, for me, my favorite is dark chocolate. This water and dark chocolate, the saltiness, the dark chocolate. So the kids love it, the kids love it. <laughs> There's a lot to dig in, which yeah. can you explain? Yeah. It makes me think of, you mentioned the indigenous people. Yeah. There's this tradition even longer back in history, the Romans had specific waters for specific usage and you would use a specific water for a specific divinity and so far and so on. And exactly what you said, so you would mix the wine with water, but a specific water with a specific wine. So at what stage did we lose this sense of taste? It's a great question. It's not being encouraged from a school grade. So like in Israel, from a young age, water's in their DNA to respect it, to conserve it. But including the taste? No. However, if this is easily taught from like four to five year olds, from my experience, it will be something that will stay with them for the rest of their lives and be able to educate others tasting with water, really. It's very simple, but very powerful. You mentioned TDS and the various parameters. Is there like a science of the taste of water? Like you would look at the analysis and before tasting, you say, hmm. I expected to have that taste and then it fits. Yeah, so there's so many different natural waters or tap waters. Sometimes I will look at a new water and think, okay, it's got 150 milligrams of magnesium, 200 milligrams of calcium. It will have that certain taste. The majority of the time, it'll be completely different because it's mother nature, depending on style of rocks, the geology, the terror of the region, creates fascinating um, tasting water. But what's special about this water is the potassium content, as much as a banana. So it's natural potassium in, in the water that creates that mouthfeel and that taste. And I think it's just like when you're doing a water tasting, allow the mind just to be free and express yourself. I call it aquatastology. We have a board here today, and this is exactly everybody tastes the water and just write down how you feel, sensory, does it remind you of a certain time in your life? Does it remind you of, say, your grandmother's house? I get that a lot. Sometimes it, people say, oh, it reminds me of when I was sit, sitting on the beach on the south of France, or it's just the communication. There's a marketing of taste as well. It makes me think, you know, there this this one specific brand in France, I don't know if it's international, which is called EPA. It is said to be supporting, I'm going to be colorful, but supporting your transits. Okay. And that's the marketing promise. And honestly, that marketing promise is just marketing, but it's backed by the fact that that water has a bad taste. So you taste it you're like, oh, it tastes bad. It must be good for yeah. my internal yeah. processes. So number of natural springs all around the world. To me, these were the original pharmacies. And it actually comes with an app to show you how to drink the water dependent on if you have a headache, migraines, stomach issues, Mu muscle relaxation, it's medically backed. Now we have a leg ache, headache, it's all about popping a pill. But if you look back in history, people would flock to these natural springs. And I've just um, reading a study, there's an archaeological dig here in New York, in lower Manhattan. So the Irish immigrants back in the 1860s, uh, 1890s, were coming over from Ireland due to the potato famine here to New York. Lower Manhattan at the time wasn't the most comfortable place to live, a lot of cholera, a lot of uh, disease. But what had happened, and this is so interesting on this archaeological dig, in the Irish communities only, they were finding sparkling bottles, like hoarding them. Okay. In the German, in American, Italian, nothing. Only the Irish. They looked into it a bit more, and there was a huge affinity in Ireland 
of natural worlds of health, well-being, and even to the other to the other world. And these waters had natural lithiums, high magnesium, which would cure certain illnesses. If you had uh, mind issues, or if you had gut issues, these certain wells, which were known, would cure this. So what was happening was at that time it was the rise of artificially sparkling water sulfuric acid, a bit of, say, marble dust. You'd create sparkling water. At the time, you couldn't afford to go to the doctors, but what they knew from back home was sparkling water's medicine, like we would mm -hmm. at home. So they would drink a lot of sparkling water, and then when the time was right to go to the doctors or the hospital, they'd be like, listen, we've, we ha we've been drinking a lot of sparkling water <laughs> at that time. So it, it was a very fascinating uh, study, but it just goes to show the connection back to water and these natural springs. And, and to me, in Germany, in Austria, in the pharmacies, they have certain Hilsiwasa, which is a health wasa registered as a water that can help with gut issues, migraine issues, etc. So I've always had this element of drink more water, see how you feel. If it doesn't work, maybe try a different style of mineral water before you pop a pill or a tablet. So it makes sense. Yeah, it, it's Mother Nature's pharmacy. That's one thing to appreciate and acknowledge the various types of water. Yeah. Now, the other thing, if you're visiting the US headquarters or you're yeah. working with a utility, yeah. can they actively work on taste and like trigger a bit something left, something right, so that they improve the perception of people of their water? Yes, and I think more work needs to be done in regards to allowing the public to have a input in regards to it. Yes, certain geologies will create certain tastes, but until you start creating that conversation it's going to be dictated upstream at the plant to what's being delivered to your tap chlorine has done an amazing element for tap water health and safety you know reduction of cholera epidemics etc but now there's certain ways people associate chlorine i can't drink water which in some areas it may be over chlorinated or individuals are very sensitive the simple use of maybe a clay pot which has been used by the Romans, Indians, Aztecs. Plastic and water is more like a forced marriage. Clay and water is a beautiful love marriage because the water breathes with the clay, naturally, mm -hmm. naturally calls. Or what I've been finding with my studies at home where I've been getting these regional clay pots create a really nice earthy sweetness to the water as well, which is very palatable in comparison to if an individual has an issue with the tap water. And the beauty of it is, one, it's affordable, two, it's 100% recyclable in comparison to, say, a Brita-style cartridge, which you need to replace, etc. So um, it was just a bit of private study that I've been doing just at home in regards to different styles of clays, the cultural significance, and how that can just polish the water slightly. You know, we're very fortunate. We live in very good areas where you can drink the tap water. Mm -hmm. But if you just wanted to improve the taste or not put the water in the fridge if you wanted it cool, the clay pot would work perfectly well. But those are still elements of how you can better it to have it it's close to your taste or respect ancient knowledge about how to manage water yeah. once it's poured. Yeah. But if you went one step back, we're in New York right yeah. now. New York has this incredible water supply, yeah. which doesn't use filtration, which is really using only nature yeah. and a UV disinfection to bring That's it to, right. to our tap. If Italian people listen to that, they're going to hate what I'm saying, but... Pizza, bagels, New York tap water is the champagne of tap waters. They used to call it the heightened, heightened global. So yeah, it does come down to the TDS of the water, the calcium and magnesium elements to allow 
beautiful bagels and pizzas, mm-hmm. 100%. For me, it tastes great. I would describe it as like a silkiness to it. It's not got a high silica content, but it does have a silkiness to it. And I enjoy drinking it 100%. I don't want to be witty, but there's also the 20% of New York, which has still lead pipes, which maybe give a taste, maybe give some other diseases, but yeah. I'm not even sure if, if it's right to joke about it, but uh, wine sommelier has kind of a clear niche application, which is you go to a high-end restaurant and they yeah. advise you the right wine. Yeah. And people are ready to pay that premium for that yeah. because you don't drink every yeah. wine and you need someone to advise you. Yeah. What is your value proposition when it comes to water? Is it that same niche application of the restaurant? Is no, the whole term sommelier. And the associated with wine, you know, it's, it's just that tag that's been put on it. For me, it's always been about reeling it back in to the value of tap water. That's the only reason that I do what I do. When I do my educational pieces, it's all about tap water. How fortunate to have it, but create that conversation to make it better. Bottled water is not going away. And I'm very keen to identify what is processed tap water and sold back to you. But then if you are prepared to look at a natural source water, it should be like a fine wine. Treat it like a fine wine. You do not drink fine wine every day. Understand the backstory, the history, the mineral content, the geology, to why that water tastes in that certain way. Once you do that, you'll appreciate water and communicate about it. We're going to be drinking out of fine stemware. Why should wine have the best looking stemware? If we're here to solve clean water and sanitation for everybody and discuss water, let's put the water in the wine glass and the wine in the crappy looking tumbler. Then start the conversation, yeah? Let's elevate water. For me, just opening up a bottle of water for hydration is wrong. Do a bit of backstory reading. It's all on the internet and it just creates a different relationship. If you are at a dinner party, you can present waters in the same way that you do as wine. If you're prepared to purchase bottled water, make sure it's from a natural source, not processed tap water resold to you. Grab your phone and research the backstory, the mineral, the geology, the terror, the history, the mythical legends, everything. And you'll be absolutely fascinated at how much history is behind these waters and the geology that creates these waters. So we discussed TDS, total dissolved solids. Different styles of minerals create different tasting waters, mouthfeel of water. So we have a water Larissa from Italy at a 30 TDS, low TDS. And the backstory of this was a miner was mining for the Larissa stone, hit a vein and he found this beautiful water. Since then, it started to be bottled. So let's give it a go. What do you think? Mineral. Is it lighter, softer? Very good. It's just part of my collection of going to natural springs and picking up the rocks that influence the taste of water. We talk about vintage in wine. So this is a 20,000 year vintage. This is in the region of 10 to 12 years. So now we jump into 20,000. So where it rains in New Zealand is a natural aqueduct that goes under and this comes out of the ground in Australia. TDS of 1200 to 30, graduation to 1200. The next water, now we're gonna graduate to naturally sparkling water. This is Ferrarelli taste it and I'm going to explain the backstory but tell me what you think first naturally carbonated I can see your eyes are just lit up and you're smiling yeah what I'm noticing from this side of the table is your eyes are lighting up and you're smiling because when you're tasting these styles of mineral waters your body and your brain are like give me some more this is good and it's very light champagne like bubbles nothing too aggressive this is from Spain this is 
Catalonia's number one water. Try it and I'll tell you the backstory. High natural sodium, bicarbonate, a huge amount of silica. It comes out of the ground at 60 degrees. So it's thermal. It picks up a huge amount of mineral on, the, on, on its journey to the surface. But it has a bit of a smokiness. Where it's got a very high level of bicarbonate, it creates like a sherbet-y sort of taste. Like, you know, dip dab, but without the sweetness of the sherbet, that's that bicarbonate. But with this water, it's got natural lithium. So for me, Friday night, I don't drink wine. I'll have a bottle of this and I feel great. Just recharges itself. And then what we have here, is from Slovenia. It's the world's richest magnesium water. Great for health and well-being. So Natural, 100%. Comes out of the ground this way. I'm only gonna pour a little bit because it's got such high minerals, it can act as a very good cleanser. So if you drink a lot of it, very good for cleansing the stomach. So very high TDS water due to the high levels of the magnesium. Yeah, definitely metallic. The pressure, temperature creates the magic and then it comes emerging into the surface. That's a difficult one because wine, if you take a bottle which comes from, I mean, you're in Europe. Yeah. The bottle comes from Chile. Yeah. See how the end of the word. The yeah. sustainability is probably not yeah. the best, but you are a connoisseur and you're advising that wine because it's very special. Water, if you take a water from Fiji yep. or you take one of these uh, iceberg water, which are insanely expensive because it's supposed to be yep. melted icebergs, yep. a super quality. I guess that's the wrong message, but people would appreciate that. Whereas if you come in and say, I've selected my tap water because we're in New York, it's super good, or we're in, yeah. I go to the mountains, my, my daughters drink tap water all the time without anything because they love the taste, yeah. which is not the case when we're at home, hard fight. Where I'm leading with that is that marketing has told us that bottled water is I respect my guest. So I'm elevating what I'm drinking to bottled water. And what you're saying is the opposite is that learn to elevate the taste of tap water and appreciate it. Yes. How do you bring that message across? Tap water, it's there to sustain you, hydration, health, well-being. Instantly, it's out of the tap. You can have the conversation in regards to the taste and the quality. Bottled water is an experience, exactly like a bottle of wine, but allow the time to research the backstory of that water and present it to your guests or if you are opening it to just get that backstory in your brain listen do me a favor when you go home see your friends and family do the same thing with them try some different waters and get some pen and paper and create a little vocabulary board just go to your local superstore grab tap water or ask your guests to bring tap water from their region yeah that's important and then remember the word TDS from low to high. Have a look in the grocery store and just purchase the bottles. But make sure you have different tap waters. You can tag me or just do it at home. And all it takes is 10 minutes and like people's perceptions of water will change. And then when you're sipping it, it will take you to the source. You will understand what the minerals do. I have a lot of people contacting me in regards to health and wellbeing elements. And there's so many natural amazing springs, France, Germany, uh, Slovenia especially. Some of these waters have been replacing pharmaceutical drugs. And the feedback that I've had is, oh my God, my gut problem's gone. And my migraine issue's gone just due to the intake of these natural minerals in moderate amounts. So bottled water's not going away, but identifying the real natural source, all of the marketing pH gimmicks of I can pH your body. Look, I'm not a medical doctor, but I think I've been in the game long enough that you cannot pH regulate the body by drinking these waters. So it's just taking that step back to understand what fits you, what fits what you can afford, and just have that respect of tap water. These are very, very special. I call them exotic waters. So in your mind, David Attenborough, the rainforest, Nat Geo, 
in the Amazon rainforest. Now picture the dew on top of the tree canopies. You got it? Got it? This water has been using atmospheric water generated. Nothing added, nothing taken away, but this is the essence of that dew, an experience. And waters like these presented in the right way create the conversation on the value of water. You're gonna walk out of here with your hydrated imaginations, yeah. And you are being 100% genuine. You've allowed your senses to really become one with this. My name's Milland, I've been a water consultant for like 20 years and I've been tagged as a water sommelier. What was a hobby has kind of created a bit of a buzz of tasting water. I wanted to catch your flow, but I wanted to take the microphone off. Oh, do you want to join in the tasting? I'll take the mic first. I'm sorry, I triggered a new round. Sorry for you. It's okay, it's okay. Thanks a lot, Milan. Bye, In the US at the moment, no, but message me. I'll, I can sort something out. We're just going to grab some more glasses. Did you think you were going to wake up this morning and describe water as chewy? 